Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. What's up, Celebration Church? Would you please put your hands together here at the arena and help me welcome in all of our locations. Orange Park, Pastor Ian Combs. What's up, Julington? It's Pastor Bob, Pastor Tony and the team. Everyone joining us via church online. We're so glad that you're here on this Wednesday night. Now, I'm, I'm blessed if you're joining us via podcast at some point in the future or online tonight. But those of you who are gathered in our physical locations tonight, you receive an extra dose of the Holy Ghost for finding your way out in the storm tonight, obviously, you know, if you're listening to this in the future, we got a massive hurricane coming through. And, um, you know, we haven't really had any issues here yet in Jacksonville, praise the Lord. Uh, as you get further west, I know there are some issues, so maybe out in Orange Park, we might start to see some heavier weather. We're gonna keep the, the time together kind of short tonight, get you out of here, get on your way home. And uh, man, but I'll tell you what, even though our time is short tonight, I'll tell you what, you're gonna be so glad that you're here. Because I believe God's got a word for you tonight. If he's not already ministered to you during the worship, I believe he's really got something powerful he wants to share with you, to impart to you tonight. You're gonna to be glad that you persevered and you made it out to God's house. You prioritize this house, uh, even when it's not convenient. It might be a little scary. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just believing that God's gonna honor your faithfulness tonight. Are you with me there? Celebration Church at all of our locations, are you with me? Well, I wanna just start out while I got Devin back there on the keys with me. What's up, Devin, how you doing? Uh, I want to start out just with spending a little time in prayer for all those impacted. If you haven't been watching on the news, it's pretty, it's pretty devastating. It's a catastrophic landfall uh, over on the panhandle there. So let's, you know, as a church, let's come together and, and pray. But also, I want to thank Pastor Stovall, as always, for the opportunity to preach. You know, Pastor and our team are actually en route to Paris because this weekend is the Awakening Revival in Paris. And a bunch of our church members and staff, and they're all their way over there because this is it. This is the weekend, y'all. Tasha Cobbs, she's heading over there. It's going to be an incredible incredible season and we're expectant as a church family. We're believing God's going to move in supernatural power, signs, wonders, miracles, confirming the preaching and teaching of his word. We're talking about a, a, a place of the earth that's, that's kind of post-Christian. Europe, if, you're, if you've never really looked into it, is post-Christian. Uh, not a lot of people seeking God there. Very, very small, you know, two to three percent of the population would call themselves evangelical Christians. And uh, we really believe that God's called us for such a time as this. Amen. So um, we're, playing, we're praying and believing it's not just gonna be you know, an event. For those people whose lives are impacted in Paris this weekend, it is gonna be a life-changing, supernatural encounter with the almighty, all-powerful God of the universe. Will you believe that with us, church? So let's go to the Lord. I invite you to all of our locations. Uh, Father, we love you. God, we thank you that you're good, you're gracious, you're all-powerful, you're all-knowing. Um, and you know, you know the trials that we go through here in life. You know the difficulties that we, we live in here in a fallen world. And uh, God, one of those is the natural disasters that we have to endure, God. We know that, um, that there are many uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people without power who are even right now as, as, as we're together here in relative safety, they're losing everything, God. They're losing their homes. They're losing their memories, God, cherished possessions. And, and uh, God, there's even the threat of loss of life, God. So we just lift them up to you, God. We're not blind to their circumstance, God. And we know that though we live in a broken and fallen world, God, we know that you uh, give us hope for a future, for a better day, God. 
not just in our future that, that the sun will shine once the storm has passed and we will rebuild and we'll see the best of humanity come forward and the gospel will be preached and the love of God will be shown to those who are suffering and in need. We know that the, that good will come out of this. We just lift up those families that are affected even right now, God, that you would strengthen them, comfort them, and redeem back what the enemy has intended for harm and use it for your glory, that out of this storm, though it might have brought devastation in the natural, it'll bring uh, revelation and elevation in the supernatural. God, we're believing for that, that you're gonna use this to reveal yourself to people, and people are gonna get saved, even in the midst of the storm. And God, we just thank you for uh, Paris. God, what an opportunity you've given us. Come on, church, just begin to lift up Paris to you. As God prompts things on your heart, just begin to speak out. If you have your prayer language, pray in it, man. God, we just lift up Paris to you. We don't, man, we can't even believe that you've called us in little old Jacksonville, Florida to, to put our hand to the plow, to do something on the other side of the planet in a, in a place where you've given us an opportunity to share the gospel in really rocky soil, Lord. We thank you for the people of Paris, for their hearts, God. We know that you can move in power and in an instant, their hearts be changed and opened to the gospel, to receive revelation, to receive Jesus, and the Holy Spirit can be poured out in an instant, God, in a moment of repentance and belief. We believe for that this weekend, God. Won't you confirm the preaching and teaching of your word with signs, wonders, and miracles, God. Bring signs, things that they've never seen before. Open up their eyes. Let scales fall from their eyes, God. Let their ears and their hearts be open to the gospel, God. We're believing for that, Lord. We're not just putting on an event in Paris, God. Why would we do that? God, we're, we're, we're following you boldly. We lift up Pastor Stovall. Help him be anointed with boldness, God, as he preaches your word fearlessly. God, as he openly just shares the love of Jesus there in that place, won't you anoint the preaching of your word, God, and let lives be changed forever, God. And we thank you for all those. We're not there to make converts. We're there to make disciples, God. Let those who are, are landed in the body of Christ this weekend, let them find their home in the body of Christ at Celebration Church in Paris, God. I thank you that we have the net to capture the harvest, to, to capture the catch there. So let the fish be plentiful, God, and let our nets be strong that we might bring in a, a, a great haul for you, God, of souls. Let the harvest be plentiful, God. We're believing you for it. And the faith-filled church said at all of our locations, amen and amen. Put your hands together for what God's doing. <laughs> Celebration. Paris, my goodness. Now I know what you're saying. You're saying, John, I thought you were going to go short, man. You're praying long up there. I'm telling you, man, it's hard to, I pray long most of the time, man. I can't help it. But uh, man, I, I really got a word that's been burning on my heart for you. I hope you're ready to receive it. You know how um, uh, over these last few weeks with Pastor Stovall and then a couple weeks ago on Wednesday night with Pastor Chris and some of our campuses, you had other speakers. I know the girls preached last weekend. We had Pastor Ashley here uh, at the uh, arena. Um, man, God's been, been producing this theme around mobilization, right? It's not just a series. Mobilization is something a little bit more than that. Have you caught that? The mobilization is all of us really starting to be activated in our gifts, activated in our assignments at all of our locations and all of our neighborhoods throughout the city. It's this move of God that pastor sees in his heart where it's not just all of us coming together at our locations on a Sunday or a Wednesday, but uh, all of us really going to the next level and being more active in our faith throughout the week, amen? And as I prayed about that and I thought about what I might share with you tonight, uh, the, the word boldness kept coming up on my heart. This word boldness. Everybody say boldness. Boldness. Like we just prayed for pastor to preach 
the gospel with boldness. This word boldness, I really feel like it's one of the ingredients. If we really are truly gonna be a mobilized church and we're gonna see a move of God throughout our city, it's gonna require all of us as individuals and corporately as a group to exhibit great boldness with the word of God, great boldness about our faith. And uh, it, it brought a couple of scriptures to mind in Proverbs. It talks about that the righteous are bold as lions. Are you with me, church? You know the one. Uh, I, I like in Hebrews how it says uh, that we are able, because we love Jesus and he's our savior, he's our Lord, we're able to become boldly before the throne of grace and receive mercy in our time of need. Those were some of the first ones that came to mind. That, that word there, boldness in the Greek is parisio. I saw that, I'm like, yes, Paris. It's the same as Paris. I'm gonna preach that long. I looked in the dictionary, two totally different words. Totally different words, Paris from the Latin, parisio from the Greek. Oh man, it sounds the same. So I guess, you know, maybe that'll stick with <laughs> boldness in Paris. But that word parisio, it, um, it, it means straightforwardness. Like without, without mincing words, with plain speech. Bringing the gospel with plain speech. Think about this, like a, a friend used to say to me, man, give it to me straight, no chaser. Just tell me like it is. Give it to me straight, no chaser. You ain't got to water it down. Just tell me, tell it to me plain, right? It's, uh, it's confidence, it's, it's courage, it's boldness to speak plainly. And it, let me tell you what it's not. Also, it's not like a rude, like an arrogance. Like I know sometimes we think, man, that was bold, you know, kind of with a sarcastic feel. That's not really it. And it's, it's, not, um, it's not defensiveness. Like sometimes you think somebody get bowed up if you say something to them wrong. Like that's not really the boldness that the Bible is speaking about. Defensiveness actually comes from fear. And uh, that's not the source of the kind of boldness Jesus wants for his church, amen? So um, the thing that I thought of that it really most best describes this boldness that we need to have, uh, the thing the Lord brought to my heart is speaking the truth in love. Wouldn't you agree? It takes, it takes a certain amount of boldness to speak the truth in love to somebody. somebody. Sometimes the truth can be difficult to deliver. Sometimes the truth can be hard. Um, but because we love people, we're willing to speak the truth in love to them. It's not loving to withhold from people the truth when the truth will set them free. Are you with me? Like it takes a certain amount of courage and confidence and boldness to tell somebody straight up, hey man, you know, um, you know we're far from God, but there is a solution. Right? It takes a certain amount of boldness for that. And I wanted to show you that, that passage here in Ephesians 4, because this is really uh, where that, that we see in the scriptures where it says that we should speak the truth in love. And I love it because pastors taught on this recently. We actually teach about this in our foundations class. Uh, this is really the core message of mobilization. Let's take a look at it real quick. It's in Ephesians 4, uh, verse 11. And it starts uh, like this. It says, so Christ gave himself, he gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Stop right there. You notice how it doesn't say that Jesus installed apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers so that they could do the work of the ministry. It does not say that. It says that God gives you leadership in the church not to do the work, but to train and equip and release you for the work of ministry. Come on, my amen corner. Got it going on over here. Julington, is there an amen corner over there? Somebody shouting me down in OP? I hear you. The goal of, of us as, as leaders, as staff, as pastors in the church is to help you flourish in your ministry. Are you with me? No matter whether you've known Jesus four minutes or 40 years, our goal is to equip you for good works of service and bring you together 
in unity so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Everybody say mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Stop right there. Picture this. We can experience on earth, this side of heaven, the fullness to the fullest measure of Christ his presence in our lives. I used to just think about that, you know, the, the goosebumps you get when you're worshiping. You know, man, I just, man, you and me, it's just you and me. There's a million people in the room, but it's just you and me, Lord. There's something that I notice about this and you notice throughout the Bible, it's not really spoken and written to you as, as much as it is to us. Did you ever notice that about the scripture? When it says you, it usually means you, the church, you, a group, you, the people of Israel, you. We, we, a lot of times we internalize it, and we can. We can apply it to our specific lives, obviously. But most of the time, we always want to keep in context that in this passage in particular, he's not speaking to an individual. This isn't self-help, personal, spiritual development. This is, I'm going to help the church grow to maturity. This is all of us together reaching maturity as the body of Christ. All of us have to do it together. Do you see this in the passage? Do you see this? Are you with me? If you're with me, say, I'm with you, Pastor John. If you're with me, say, oh yeah. I had to get that in there. Verse 14, it says this. Then, as we've reached maturity in the faith together as a church, we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Think about that. Churches get led astray all the time by false doctrine, wrong teaching, bad theology. We don't have that here. Praise God, we have a pastor who loves the word and is willing to take us out by faith into the word of God and speak the word boldly. 15, instead, speaking the truth in love, there it is. Instead, with boldness, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. I wanna say it to you this way. I believe that bold faith builds up the body of Christ. Bold faith builds up the body of Christ. When we shrink back, when we just take it easy, when we just are comfortable and content with where we are spiritually and, oh man, I don't really need to go to church. I don't really need to read my Bible. I'm saved. I'm good, you know, man. That's not building up, not just you, but the body of Christ can't come to full maturity until all of us are in maturity together. Do you see it? Now all of us are in different stages as we grow, but if you'll be bold, this is what I contend to you tonight. If you'll be bold and you'll step up and you know that we're all in this together. If you'll step up and know that the people around you, look to your left and your right at all of our locations. Look, the people around you, we're counting on you. We can't grow to full maturity in the faith without the person sitting in the seat next to us. Are you with me? This is not an individualistic pursuit. Mobilization and coming to full maturity in the faith is gonna take all of us in this together. Amen? Amen? So here's what I wanna do. I wanna share with you tonight, I'm calling this message, Three Bold Moves from the Bible. And I'm gonna share with you three examples where this happened in the Bible, where people spoke the truth in love, where they came together, they had bold faith, they were willing to step out and take risk together, where people were able to speak boldly and they, they trusted God and they stepped out and it benefited the body of Christ. The body of Christ was blessed because of it. You can find these all throughout the Bible. I picked three, because man, we gotta keep it with under a four hour message tonight. So I'm gonna share with you three bold message, or three bold moves from the Bible. Let's pray, Father, we love you. I thank you, God, that you would raise up boldness in the body of Christ tonight. Speak to our hearts, Lord, 
at all of our locations, with everyone online. I know people are home and dispersed because of the storm, God. I just pray that you'd bring a boldness to your church. We would be earmarked by boldness, courage, and confidence in who our Father is, that we're your sons and daughters, and we're a family. And because we're a family, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. God, help us. We want to be bold to speak the truth in love to our generation, God. Don't let us miss this momentous occasion throughout all of human history that we could help to raise Jacksonville, Florida, up to you. We love you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Hey, can you think of a time at all of our locations, can you think of a time when you were bold about something that you're passionate about? Ooh, think about it. Hmm. Might need to scratch your head a little bit. Hmm. Something you're passionate about, you're bold about it. The, the right answer, just like in Sunday school, Jesus. That's what I'm bold and passionate. No, man, like something, like for me, it's Jaguars football. Somebody say, Duval. <laughs> Dude, you will not mistake me for a halfway fan at a Jaguars game. My poor wife. My poor wife comes to the games with me sometimes. I'm telling you, man, you would not be able to identify me in the crowd as a pastor when I'm at the Jaguars games. I have taken it incumbent upon myself to make sure that TIAA Bankfield is a hostile environment for every enemy. The devil and the Tennessee Titans, they are one in the same anyway. I will make it personally a hostile environment for them all. I feel like it's my job to be the thermostat. I got to set the temperature for all these 70,000 people and be louder than they are so that they'll bring it up. And what happens usually is the few rows in front of me all clear out. They can't take it anymore after a quarter or two. God behind me was going to punch me in front of my whole family one time. I am, I know this sounds like confessions of a pastor up here on the stage, but I'll tell you this, I am bold when you talk to me about Jacksonville Jaguars, I stand up for the Jaguars. Hey man, what's your team? It is the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't care whether they're good or bad. Hey, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Nothing's worse than that. You know what I'm saying? I can take it. I can take 15 years of futility. Try 50 years. No problem. Boldness. I'm bold about my team. I've always been this way. When I was before Christ, I got saved at 23 before Christ. I was pretty bold about stuff. And so when I got saved, I was all in. I'm bold. Some of you have heard my story. I was bold. Everything I did, I was thinking about how my wife and I, we got, we were engaged when we got saved. And, um, you know, I remember we, we were newlyweds. She's trying to figure me out. We come home from breakfast one time from Beach Hut down at the beach. I remember it like it was yesterday. I go upstairs in our apartment. The Lord had been dealing with me about something. I was just learning how to hear his voice, you know, and I go upstairs and uh, I went and I had like hundreds of CDs in my music collection. Come on, man. So there were CDs back then. Hundreds of CDs. I, I grab them in my arms and I march right down the steps and threw them all in a dumpster. How about that? I'm like, I'm not listening to ACDC or Soundgarden. I'm not listening to Guns N' Roses no more. I'm listening to Crystal Lewis and Michael W. Smith because that's what Christians listen to. Come on, it was the 90s. People were still sitting in pews and stained glass and there was no good Christian music yet. Praise the Lord for Skillet. Somebody, I got saved 96. There was no, I went from Michael W. Smith to I heard Skillet for the first time. I'm like, oh, and then like MXPX, punk rock praise and worship started coming out. Five Iron Frenzy. Where are my Gen Xers, saved Gen Xers at? You know what I'm saying? Dude, it was like life-changing audio adrenaline. 
these bands came out, man, and it was just like, oh my goodness, praise the Lord. Finally, some music that resonates with me. God gave me some good friends who are bold. They're Christians, they're surfers. We had this little surf group. We'd go around telling everybody about Jesus. We went on, we had these surf contests on the beach where we had them, just like you'd picture that tents and scaffolding and judges, trophies, the whole deal, man. Hundreds of people from around the Southeast would come to these contests because we gave away the best trophies, best, best prizes. That was our plan. We want to get the lost people, we're giving away prizes. So we get all kinds of lost surfers to show up at this thing and I'd be up there, man, I was the MC at our surf contest. And you'd hear me over there, we're playing the MXPX, man. We got the, come on, the uh, punk rock praise and worship cranked out on the beach through a massive PA system. You hear me on the mic. Welcome to the Epic Fall Classic, sponsored by the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, that's what you would have heard. Come on, man, 2003 is back. I'll be up there on the mic. We're all bold. I'm like, hey, who wants to get saved? Somebody, the first one up here to come up and give their life to Jesus right here gets a free skateboard. Somebody come up, man. I want to give my life to Jesus. We're bold, unashamed, bold, man. We're just into it. My friend, we had, uh, so my friends, we uh, at my bachelor party. We had a bachelor party at Typhoon Lagoon. You can rent out this wave park in, in Orlando, Florida. I had all my friends, took this one guy who's questionable on Jesus. He's kind of on the fence about Jesus. And sure enough, man, my bull friend, man, my buddy named Chip, dude, he's still to this day, he's just in your face about Jesus. He'd tell that guy, hey man, if you died right now on this next wave, would you go to heaven or hell? You gotta make a choice, man. He gave his life to Jesus that night. My friend is 21 years later, he's still one of my best friends. He's loved Jesus ever since. We are bold in our faith. We're sharing Jesus with everybody we could get our hands on. You know what I'm saying? We're just bold in our faith. Now, I believe this. When I think about those memories, they did not come at times when I was sitting back, comfortable in my chair, resting on my faith, not really doing much. Oh, I guess if I want, maybe I'll go to church. Maybe I'll read my Bible. The best moments of my life have come when I've been bold and I've stepped out for Jesus, not knowing all the answers, just trusting that he's gonna show up and I'm gonna be bold with my faith and look what happens. Man, people get saved, lives are transformed, changes are made. And I wanna say this, man, and you can write this little thing down, man. It's a little pithy statement. Hopefully you can tweet. I believe this, that bold moves create the best moments of our faith. Would you agree with that? Like bold moves. You make a bold move for Jesus. You're gonna, in 30 years, you'll be standing up on a stage with a microphone maybe telling about that time. Man, there was this time that the Holy Spirit rose up in me and I just couldn't keep quiet. Bold moves. I'm gonna share with you these three bold moves out of the Bible, man. Just real quick, gonna touch on these so you know this isn't just my story. This is God's story for his people. Old Testament, New Testament, we're gonna look at examples of both because this is, a, I believe, a principle that goes all the way through God's relationship with mankind, that he wants us to be bold and trust him and step out in faith and see a move of God anytime we're willing. Do you believe that tonight, church? Come on, Pastor Ian, you believe that? Pastor Robert in Orange Park, do you guys believe that? I know you do. I can hear you clapping from here. First bold move I want to share with you. Well, after I shared my bold move about surf contests, from the Bible I want to share about this, the boldness of Israel to march around Jericho. Woo, famous one. That was bold. That was bold, wasn't it? For you guys, might be new to church, man. This is a pretty famous story. But if you're new to church, let me frame it up. Moses dies. He's the leader of Israel. And uh, uh, Joshua takes over and he leads them across the river, across the Jordan River. The Jordan River parts just like it did for Moses in the Red Sea. The Jordan parts for Joshua. He takes the people into the promised land. They consecrate themselves and the, they're getting ready to take their inheritance. 
They're getting ready to, to lay hold of the promises of God for them as a people. And the thing that stands in their way first is this city called Jericho with thick walls, defenses. It's uh, of all the cities, most of the commentaries on this, when you study it out, of all the cities in all of the promised land, this one was gonna be the hardest for them to take. Come on, don't you just love it that God, like, he never shrinks back from a challenge? Have you ever noticed that in your life? Man, you're like, God, let me just ease into it a little bit. Maybe I can just kind of, you know, step by step, like kind of ease my way into sharing the gospel or sharing the love of Jesus or speaking the truth in love. He's gonna give you the hardest challenge first, church. He's good like that. You know why? Because if you can share Jesus with the hard people, if you can be bold and step out and be confident and courageous with the Holy Spirit in any situation, man, I'll tell you what, man, your first time you get over that, tough one. Man, the rest of it seems easy. That's what God's about to do for his people when they take the city of Jericho. It says this in Joshua chapter six. We're going to have it on the big Bible in the sky. Joshua chapter six, the Lord says to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Stop right there. Notice the tense. They haven't, they haven't lifted a sword yet. They haven't done anything yet. What does God tell them? I'm going to deliver Jericho into your hands. No, what does he say to him? I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Friends, our God is outside of time. He sees the end from the beginning. Do you know our God? The almighty and eternal one. He had already made up his mind. I'm going to give you this city. I have already delivered this city into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Their weapons are useless against them. <laughs> March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast on the shofar, we heard them the other day. Come on, man, the shofar. Have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. This is the most ridiculous battle plan in the history of mankind. Did you notice that? There's nothing about uh, siege towers. There's nothing about flaming arrows and foot soldiers. There's nothing about battering rams. There's nothing about that. He tells them, I want you to go get the pastors and the worship team, get Ryan and Marie and Pastor John, and they're gonna go walk around the city. And guys, don't say nothing. Just walk with them. Just hang out. Do it for a few days in a row. And then at the end, just everybody holla, and the city's gonna fall right in front of your eyes. Can you imagine Joshua going back and delivering that plan to his soldiers, to his generals, to his army, to all the people? Hey, let me tell you what we're gonna do, Israel. We're just gonna walk up there walk around the city a few times. God's going to give it to us. Whoo! Think about the boldness it took of the people to follow those plans. Did you ever notice that when God gives you a, a, a victory, that the plan to get to the victory, it usually isn't your logical, sensible, orderly, easy plan that you could come up with on your own. Did you ever notice that? I noticed that about my own life. I always have a better plan than God's. Well, God, can't we just do it this way? You know, can't I just do this, 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 and this? Because I can control all these things and make them all happen. I'm gonna call them my timeline. I might put them in a sauna, my little project management tools. I might have it all organized. And then we can take the city, God. Sometimes, and I'm telling you, man, God might call you as an individual to do something crazy, but here's what you need to remember. He's already given you the victory. You caught that. There are things in your life right now that you're facing where God's already given you the victory. 
And I would dare say that he's already given you the plan. But the plan sounds so crazy to you, you ain't having nothing of it. Would you be so bold as to step out in faith the way the children of Israel did and claim their inheritance? Would you be so bold? Now, I don't know what your situation is. I know a lot of you, man, you got, man, we've got, in our church, I know a lot of things we go through. We go through fights, don't we? We go through battles of health. We go through battles of finance. We go through battles of relational strain. And Man, it's just tough. Life is tough, but I'm, I'm willing to believe with you that as a church, that not just as individuals, but as a church, if we're so bold as to follow God into the things that don't make sense to us, but we know that it's the plan is from God, if we're willing to step into those things, he's already given us the victory. And that's the key to mobilization. When you think, man, I can't serve communion to my family. I don't know how to do that. Oh man, I can't, I can't bring up Jesus at my office. That's a little too much. I'm telling you right now, the plan may seem crazy, like walking around the city, blowing a ram's horn to take it. But I'm telling you right now, if you'll just be obedient to what the Holy Spirit has told you to do, God's already given you victory. Does that speak to anybody tonight? Because that's what I came here to tell you is not what I found in the scriptures. But I'm here to tell you tonight, man, I believe God's speaking to you right now at all of our locations. He's telling you exactly what I'm talking about. Amen? Woo! Be so bold. Step out in faith. Let me tell you this. You can follow your battle plan or you can follow God's. I would rather follow God's and claim the victory. And let me tell you this, when God calls us to the unknown, he equips us with the unseen. I'm telling you, man, when we go after supernatural victory, we have angels, we have angel armies, the power of prayer. We command the spiritual armies of heaven with our words. That man right there takes some boldness to believe, but the Bible says it, I believe it, yes and amen. All right, step out in faith, be bold. I promise you, God's gonna meet you there. Let's go to the next one, the boldness of, the first was the boldness of Israel to step out in faith and march around Jericho. The second is this, a little different, so follow me here. It's the boldness of Jesus to forgive us on the cross. Woo, it was a bold move. Jesus, in this picture of the crucifixion, let's read it real quick. This is from Luke 23. This is the boldest move, I think, in the history, all time of mankind. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him, Jesus there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on the left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. He's not speaking about just the criminals there. He's not speaking about just the people who are dividing up his clothes. He's speaking about us, mankind. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. But people stood watching The rulers even sneered at him. Stop right here. Imagine this. Jesus forgives them from the cross, releases them from their debt from the cross. What do they do in return? Do they reciprocate that grace and mercy with kindness of their own? (laughs) We're about to see how they react. Take a look. The people stood watching and the rulers sneer at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he's God's Messiah, the chosen one mocking him. The soldiers also came up, they mock him. They offer him wine vinegar and said, if you're the king of Jews, save yourself. There's, written, there's a written notice placed above him, which read, this is the king of the Jews. Again, mocking him. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Have you ever noticed that when God calls you to offer forgiveness, he doesn't always speak to the other side in return? You ever notice that? Now, what if Jesus would have waited until we got it right 
to offer his forgiveness to us, the gospel would be marked void. There'd be no reason for us to reach out by faith. He had to be the first mover. God had to initiate the gospel by extending forgiveness to us first. Our response is what qualifies us and helps us lay hold of the truth and receive that forgiveness. But he offered it to us before we got it right, friends. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't wait till you got yourself cleaned up and got all your wrongs righted before he accepted you as your son and your daughter? And here's the bold move. Will you extend that kind of forgiveness to someone else who's mocking you and ridiculing you and crucifying you, so to speak? The bold move that Jesus shows us here is that even though he was the son of God and he had it well within his scope of authority to call down angel armies, legion of angel armies to destroy mankind and start over from scratch, he could have done it. But instead, he stayed on the cross, forgave us and suffered for sins that he had not committed because he loved us and he cared about us. He had the authority and the ability to put an end to it right there, but because he loved you and he loved me, he took the pain and the suffering of the cross. That was a bold move. He was practicing what he preached, wasn't he? Remember how in, the, in, in Matthew chapter five, remember the famous Sermon on the Mount? What does he say? He says, love, the, love your enemies and pray for those who sin against you, who persecute you. That's what he said. That's what he preached when he was in preacher mode. Now he's on the cross and he put into practice exactly what he said he, that we should do. He modeled that for us. That's powerful. It's a bold move to offer forgiveness when it's only gonna go one way. So that's why I wanna challenge you tonight. If you're gonna be mobilized, God does not want to mobilize an army of snarky, offended, bitter people to go around the city of Jacksonville proclaiming the love of Jesus when we are unwilling to forgive those who've sinned against us, when we're unwilling to offer forgiveness before they're willing to respond, when we're unwilling to step out by faith and be kind to someone. Remember this, it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance, not the judgment of God that leads people to repentance. So why are we so busy, busy judging people? Why don't we forgive them like Jesus did in a bold man, grown man move and maybe forgiveness will start to flow in their lives too, amen? Come on, that's a bold move from the Bible. Jesus on the cross, I've got one more to share with you. And then we're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna pray for you. You know, we, um, we're gonna have a great time of ministry up here, but I really wanna pray for everybody here at the end at all of our locations. I wanna share with you the last one though. Man, we talked about uh, marching around Jericho. The Israelites marching around Jericho. We talked about Jesus on the cross. And now this one, the boldness of Peter to preach the good news. Woo, one of my favorite stories about a bold preacher named Peter. Set the stage here, the context here. If you're new to the game, Acts chapter two. If you've been around Jesus a while, man, every time somebody says, hey, open up the Bible to Acts chapter two, somebody shouts, hey, Phil Pledger, do not take a lap right now. I promise you, man, Acts chapter two. No, man, I know, man, Acts chapter two, it's time to go. Acts chapter two is, is the story of, of the birth of the, the church, basically. You know, the disciples, they went from 12 to 120. Jesus has come, he's, he's been crucified, dead, buried, resurrected walked the earth, taught hundreds of, of people who followed him, and now he's ascended. And 50 days later, in the Feast of Weeks on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes, and the church is empowered with fresh fire from heaven. And Peter, who really was kind of lost, he didn't know what to do as the leader of the church, suddenly he's rallied by the Holy Spirit. The church comes forward, and there's this massive gathering of Jews from all over the world, the known world, that all gathered in Jerusalem. And empowered by the Holy Spirit, he stands up, and he says this in Acts chapter two, verse 38. He says, 
He, he preaches the gospel. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Right there, if you could memorize verses in the Bible, I'm telling you, that is a great one to memorize. You wanna know what the good news is? The good news is not that we have sinned. The good news is that God has provided a solution for sin. And this is it. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. You'll receive forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise isn't just for the people who are there that day listening. This promise is for you and me sitting here 2,000 years later. When Peter preached this message under the power of the Holy Spirit, it started a wave, a movement of God that is still continuing on today. It says in the scripture that, that 3,000 people were added to the church that day. Now, when they counted back then, they counted men. They counted households, so they counted men. So it's very likely this is 3,000 families were saved and baptized that day. It went from a church of 120 people scared, hiding in an upper room, wondering what to do, to a church filled with 3,000 families who received Jesus or baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit in a day. How's that for supernatural church growth project right there? Unbelievable what happens here. And it started something, this is 2,000 years ago, friends, that's still continuing today. Billions of people have gotten saved because Peter was so bold. He stepped out in faith and preached the gospel to a crowd that he thought might devour him and hang him on a tree. He got out there and he preached the gospel to him. And look what happens. The church is born. Powerful, bold faith. A bold move of God. That same boldness is available to you and to me today, to all who are fall off, to all those that he will call. In Acts chapter four, and I'm gonna conclude with this, just a couple chapters after this, the church is gathered and they're facing some, some persecution. And uh, they're trying to figure out what to do and they're, they're rallying each other and, and sharing tales about what God's doing. Uh, sharing tales about getting busted out of jail. They're, they're talking, it's great. It's one of my favorite chapters of the Bible, uh, Bible is actually Acts chapter four as well. And he says this, after they prayed, they're in a prayer meeting. It says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. Friends, this promise from Jesus is for you that if you'll get out there and you'll speak the word of God boldly, the audience that he gives you is really the audience that he's after. He was after those 3,000 families. He was after the birth of the church. He was after you and me 2,000 years later here in Jacksonville, Florida. He was after us. And it took Peter's bold faith to step out to preach that day and set it all in motion. What's he called you to have bold faith about? Who might you share Jesus with? that goes on to become the great, next great revivalist who preaches to the nations. Who might you share Jesus with boldly? It might be uncomfortable or scary at first. Who might you go boldly to when the Holy Spirit puts them on your heart and be kind to them and forgive them? Speak the truth in love to them. Meet their needs, even if you have needs of your own. Who's God put on your heart to do that for today? Because I'll tell you what, if we are a church that's earmarked by this kind of boldness right here, when they went to Jericho, they raised the city, like raised it, like cut it to the ground. With this kind of boldness, we could be a church that raises the city of life to new, to new, the city of Jacksonville to new life in Jesus. 
If that's interesting to you, will you put your hands together for God at all of our locations? We wanna see a bold move of God. We wanna see the city of Jacksonville, Orange Park, Julianton Creek, all of Northeast Florida, all the cities where we are called, Paris, Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, DC. We wanna see these cities raised to new life in Jesus. That's what we wanna see. It's gonna take boldness on our part. We need to be a church that's earmarked by that kind of faith, that kind of bold attitude to know that Jesus always has our back. Are you ready for that church? Come on, man, why don't y'all rise to our feet at all all of our locations, stand up to your feet. I just wanna, instead of having an altar call at our locations, I just wanna pray for you, I just wanna bless you. Because I really believe this is for everybody. Again, corporate anointing here. Don't leave, please, at all of our locations. Just lift your hands, I'm gonna pray for you. Just lift your hands like you're ready to receive something from heaven. Father God, I command a blessing on your people. The blessing of boldness, God. A boldness of faith, a boldness of trust, a boldness of love. God, we want to be so bold as to take the great love that you've shown to us and to share it with everyone we encounter. God, we know that we're headed to heaven. God, we wanna take as many people with us as we can. We wanna see the city of Jacksonville raised to new life in Christ. God, we wanna see the city of Fort Lauderdale and Orlando, DC, Baltimore, Paris, Zimbabwe. We wanna see these cities everywhere where you will call us. Just like you said, God, uh, everywhere that you will call, everyone that you will call, we wanna see us raised to new life, God. We wanna be a force in these cities. We know that everywhere we set foot, the kingdom of God is near. Let your anointing rest on us as a church, not just on individuals like we know it does, but on us as a church, as a family of faith, God. Let your anointing rest on each one of us as we lock arms together, as we mobilize together to reach our city for Christ, to see change, God, in all the, in all the realms of leadership, God. We want to see the power of God move in our police force and in our governments, God. We want to see the power of God move in our school systems. We want to see the power of God move in all the different communities and neighborhoods. But God, we most importantly want to see the body of Christ in all different denominations from all different local churches come together with a kingdom purpose of seeing your kingdom come in Jacksonville, God. Help us to be a part of that bold move, God. I just speak this blessing over your people tonight and I command it over them, God, that they go out of here changed by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you receive that? Come on, in all locations, we love you guys. It's gonna be a great new day. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.